Welcome to Between Alpha and Omega. I'm your host, Tim Farr, and with me I have today uh, Drew and Curtis, which is our main kind of cast of crew. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, we're sitting here drinking beer. Things are good. There's meat being smoked outside. No, 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 no. it's done. Oh, there's meat that has been smoked upstairs. Yeah, it's just resting and it'll be cool. We can take a bite out of it as soon as we're done here. We'll just snack. To- it may not be good. I can't promise it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's meat. It's meat. It may I be mean, edible. It's smoked meat. <laughs> it's definitely edible. It will not kill you. Whether it tastes good or not, I can't make any guarantees. I mean, Perfect. did you do any sort of marinating? I did. Okay. With jalapeno and vinegar? Well, it was pickled jalapenos, and so I just took the entire jar, poured it on there, and set the jalapenos on top. Oh, okay. And smoked it with the jalapenos on there. Okay. Along with the dry rub. Okay. All right. So I guess I should explain what's happening. So for the first 15 or 20 minutes, it's kind of just general talk, and then we'll get into the actual topic, which is the episode title of Gatekeeping in the Church. So right now we're just kind of talking about what our lives are like. I mean, Christmas just happened. We're recording on January 4th. The holidays are past us, thank God. Thank the Lord. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I don't have to deal with my parents anymore. So, how was your holidays? What's going on? World War Three is going to happen soon, so that's cool. May or may not happen. We'll see. I mean, yeah, you know, um, it's fine. <laughs> it's the end of the world as you know it. Yep, basically. And I feel fine. It is fine. Yeah, it is fine. You know, it's cool. I mean, sometimes, like, don't get me wrong. I'm still gonna vote. I'm still gonna be very active and passive. But like, just where's the meteor? Can we just start <laughs> over again? Just wipe everything out. Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. You know, I'm of the opinion that Ragnarok would be more interesting. Wasn't it kind of like the rapture and what, you know, and all that? I, I think Ragnarok is when, like, the great snake that surrounds the world finally crushes it. <laughs> so it's... So, yeah, it's like the world just explodes, kind of. I think so. I could be completely wrong. It, like, just pops like an egg. Like, if you were to, like, crush an egg in your hands. Yeah, oh, there you go. Gross. I know it has something to do with the giant snake that the Nordic people believed surround the Earth. Cool. So, you know. I, I will admit, I have no idea about anything Nordic mythology. I used to know stuff because I had this notion that I thought it was really cool that that's my heritage. And then I realized that I'm from the United States, so why does it matter? <laughs> fair, down fair. On that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. So how has your week been? My week has been absolutely crazy. Why is, why is crazy? Why crazy? Yeah. So having this whole idea of starting this podcast and this blog and getting hits and comments about it and this podcast, I had that idea. And then Friday, the whatever, 31st? Last Friday? No, that would have been Tuesday was the 31st. Yes. Tuesday. So That's the kind we, of week it's been. Yeah. Right? Can't Seriously. keep track of dates. And so the 28th would have been maybe Friday. My grandma passes away. So that was the funeral I went to on Monday. Mm. And, you know, I could be sad about it, but she was also like 95 years old and just kind of done and tired. Yeah. So she, I she lived totally, a good life. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, so then writing the blog and then posting it and all this crazy stuff and then the holidays themselves and dealing with my parents and then we have had a matriarch pass in the family so not everyone's crazy about that and I'm like oh, I just want to be done yeah <laughs> I don't want to see these people anymore <laughs> I just I told my sister I was like I just don't want to be with family anymore 
<sighs> and then I've gone to like maybe two days of work because of the holidays. Right. So uh, my week has been good. Uh, my the last like month has been crazy psycho preparing for the holidays then having the holidays and then you go back to work for or at least i went back to work for a little bit and then had a day off for new year's day which is nice but it's always really annoying to go back for two days and then have a day off and then go back for two days um but uh like i said in episode zero briefly i got an offer for a new job which is really great um and i'll be starting that on the 20th so life's good Still crazy. We went to my parents' house the week before Christmas. Had a good time. You know, it is what it is. Um, and then we did Christmas Day with her mom and her brother and sister-in-law and her sister um, and their kids. And it's fine. You know. It's fine. They live like an hour away and we just go there and watch everybody open presents and, you know, say... You know, you know the kid that gets an avocado on on the internet, and he's like, "Oh look, an avocado! Thanks." That was the entire experience. Everyone was like, "Thanks," but no thanks because that's not what I asked for. <laughs> so, perfect. Perfect. This is why Christmas is dumb because, <laughs> especially agree, as an American holiday, it's just like, "Here, give me a gift that I never would have asked for, and I'm supposed to be super thankful for it." It's like. Great. No, I uh, this year is actually the first year that I didn't go see my dad's side of the family for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Really? It was amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's literally me driving two and a half hours to spend like three hours there. Where are they at? Uh, just south. Of, they're south of Chicago in Illinois. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. Before. Yeah. Right. They're, I mean, they're nice people. Right. But I just feel so disconnected from my dad's side of the family that I don't feel like wasting even seven hours a year of my life with them. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get I it, I totally get it. Well, like, they don't care to communicate with me. Well, and they like, would never come here. Yeah. So, you know, uh, being a family is kind of like a two-way street, Yeah. I've always said. If you'd like to get together, let me know, and we'll work something out. But right. I'm not just going to show up at your house because I want to, because I definitely don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wow, I feel like people are already painting a picture of who we are. <laughs> my my parents do Christmas always on Christmas Eve, which yeah. is kind of a huge blessing. So it can be for you know spending time with your in laws, but when you're not married, as my experience has been for the past several years now, I literally don't do anything on Christmas Day. That sounds awesome, dude. I smoked meat and I took my car out and it was the total dude thing to do and I loved it so much of just turning off the world and hiding in the basement and yeah. it was great. That was my Christmas. I opened a gift for myself and that was probably lots of beer and <laughs> meat. Meat <laughs> that, and beer. <laughs> that was my Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I actually had a good time like with my mom and my brother yeah. and his girlfriend and her daughter. It was the three-year-old uh I'm going to call her my three-year-old niece. She's awesome. You will meet her, and she will be your best friend. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. She's so much fun, and I basically got to hang out with her all day. And then my mom actually bought a Game of Thrones board game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my mom just expected me to know how to play this game. 
Like she thought that I was going to be able to open it up and explain to everybody how this works. That and I sounds, was like, that sounds like a Carol thing. To I do. was like, what are you talking about? You bought this. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. <laughs> sure. I watched the show. Right. I know that background, but game dynamics, it turned out it was me reading the manual. Cause it was like 40 pages. Oh God. <laughs> and Justin being on YouTube and his girlfriend, Alyssa being on YouTube. And we were like, putting the pieces together on how to play it we like finally got it started and then my niece woke up from her nap and we were like well i guess no... we have to put it away now yeah i guess we can't play this because it's way too complicated for a three-year-old so it's like whenever you play monopoly you finally get it said i'm like i don't really want to play this no <laughs> why no. are we doing this i just skip the whole thinking about playing monopoly and <laughs> throw it in the trash can or just never buy it never buy it yeah yeah like it's one of those games that you know it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to make someone mad. Yeah. Well, well because someone always gets their feelings hurt, even though it's literally a fake game, <laughs> game that, of like, money. as soon as the game is over, everything is like normal again. Yeah. <laughs> you still own a car. Yeah. You are not actually bankrupt. Right. <laughs> I, I did play one game where I didn't buy anything, and I actually survived longer than someone else. <laughs> Just proving that sometimes investment <laughs> isn't a good thing. Uh, perfect. That's funny. Yeah, so Christmas was pretty relaxed for me. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Eve with my parents is always something. Uh, because of my grandma being sick, there was a lot of dr- kind of drama surrounding that with my uncle completely being crazy about it and just nonstop talking. Mm. Um. And it was kind of the first Christmas without her, so there was kind of that heaviness on the family already. And then my dad has been kind of weird. Like, I was supposed to make brisket, and so I tell him, hey, you know, I'll, I'll smoke a brisket. And he's like, well, I already picked up a ham. I'm like, why are we doing ham? Like, we did ham at Thanksgiving, which is weird in itself. Yeah. <laughs> but why not a turkey? Why not a turkey? And he's like, well, I didn't want to take the time to do it. Well, how'd you cook the ham? Well, I put it in the roaster. What do you do with the turkey then? You put it in a roaster. Right. Or a smoker. Or a smoker. Mm, or, or a smoker. Like, I, I'm just, and like, or you just, can be like one of those really stupid Americans <laughs> that tries to deep fry that shit. <laughs> After defrosting it for three hours? Yeah. 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 America! It's called fireworks water, on Thanksgiving. Water plus hot grease equals good times. <laughs> good times. America. Um, anything else? Do you want to talk about The Witcher? No. Well, we can't really spoil it, so never mind. Scratch no. that. Yeah, we don't want to be the spoilers in case anyone hasn't watched it. I will talk about how annoyed I am that like people keep wanting to assert like their dreams and aspirations for this show and like these characters when these characters have been around and developed for 30 years. And they're just now discovering them because it's on Netflix. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people who don't know anything about The Witcher that are just like, you know, I just did this weird movement with my head. And you forgot that this is an audio yeah. format. This is audio format. No one saw that except for people in this room, but I shook my head back and forth like a sassy Karen. There you go. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audible. yeah. No, people think that like, oh, I watched these, what, eight episodes? Yeah. And now it's mine. And so, right. okay, yeah, people have been fans of this for years already. Like, Drew, I know you've been a fan of it longer than I have. A long time, yeah. I really only got in to Witcher with Witcher 3. Right. Me and too. that was just like a Me couple too. years ago. And immediately fell in love with it. It was all about it. And 
I want to read the books, just haven't gotten to it. But I have friends who've read the books that are like right. big fans of it. And so like I'll take their criticism about the show and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But these people who are just now picking it up and like needing to have the whole story spelled out for them, like you don't really get to have an opinion on if this is good or not. Right. Like I think it's okay for anyone to say that this isn't good in their opinion. Sure. But at the same time, it's like it's not that your opinion's not valid. It's just that you're just wrong. <laughs> it's, you're uneducated about the subject. Yeah, there you go. That's a better way to say that. Well, you have a lot of Game of Thrones fans that are thinking it's the second coming of Game of Thrones. And right. they want it to be that kind of a level. Which and... it totally isn't, except for the whole bouncing around thing that we already talked about. That was very Game of Thrones-like. Yeah. Yes. But I think they were trying to emulate that a little yeah, bit so that they could draw in the Game of Thrones people who were pissed off about the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that they could have that little taste of it and... Hopefully, hopefully they don't keep up with that bouncing around. They keep it in one time period. Yeah, the next that would be seasons. ideal. Spoilers: The Titanic sinks. Oh shit! Wait a second. Now I can't watch that movie. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Titanic sinks at the end of the the show. <laughs> I don't think we gave away any spoilers. I did. The Titanic sinks. No, I was talking about The Witcher. And Achilles dies in the end of Troy. Shit. And uh, Vader is Luke's father. And also, if you don't know that Vader is Luke's father by now, don't ever watch Star Wars. Yeah, just... I think that that's probably a good rule of thumb. And Superman is actually Clark Kent and vice versa. Yeah. I think wait, that's... What, what, like, wait, as I take my glasses off, who am I? <laughs> what happened to Curtis? <laughs> Who's this weird homeless guy? <laughs> Why is he on my couch? <laughs> so who I turn into when I take off my glasses. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, weird... Homeless guy, a weird homeless guy. <laughs> So let's get into this main topic of uh, gatekeeping in the church. I wrote about it in the blog on betweenalphaandomega.com, and I'm plugging my own stuff, so that's cool. Um, so let's start with, what did you guys, did you both had the chance to read the blog? Yes. Yeah. Give me your kind of feedback on the blog and what you thought about it. Really well thought out, well put together. Um, I mean, I was able to kind of reflect on, like, even my experiences. Like, they're very different from yours, but had very similar experiences with how the church treats those outliers. Like, in particular, my mom is a widow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when that happened, that was, I mean, it was, uh, there was a whole lot more going on in the church at that time frame. But, like, my mom becoming a widow, like, at least was, like, the forefront of me, of what was going on in my life. And really, my whole family just kind of got abandoned by the church. Right. So, I that was where my reflecting upon what you came across, like, how it read to me. Right. Is how I remember we used to have a whole lot of support from the pastor, from the entire congregation, like, when my stepdad was sick. And then, all of a sudden... Like, the whole church went to his funeral, just about. Yeah. Essentially, everyone was there. Mm-hmm. And then... No one ever really followed up on us. Like, my mom didn't go to church for a little bit, which I think is understandable, but no one ever followed up with her. The only bridge to that gap was that I kept going. Like, I would wake up early on Sunday mornings. I would ride my bike to church. I would attend church. I would ride my bike home. Yeah. But And I guess the extent of it was, oh, hey, how's your mom doing? Yeah. Right. And as a 14, 15-year-old kid, I'm not mature enough to give you a proper answer on that. Even if I was, I wasn't going to be like, oh, she's doing awful because her husband just died. And right. Like, that, this is kind of a different topic, but when people ask you how you are in a funeral, and you're like, I'm fine, you really just want to say, no, everything sucks. This is awful. Why are we here? Yeah. yeah. 
So I totally feel. Yeah. Just reading what you said, I haven't experienced the same stuff that these guys here, those listening on the audience. Um, you know, I haven't had any major deaths in my family. I am married and still married. I mean, I haven't been married long, but um, I mean, I grew up in the church like both these guys, but um, I've had different kinds of grievances, I would say, with the way that church in general has treated me. And I don't really, I don't like the church as an organization for the most part, um, but I also understand and respect why I should probably attend church. Yeah, the community aspect of it, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, having having a fellowship of Christians to look to and talk to uh, is is good. You know, you need that in your life, right? For sure. But why do I need one person to tell me how I should be doing everything or talk at me all the time, especially when they're not even really, I'm specifically talking about pastors here for those who are super ignorant. Uh, Why do I have to have one person tell me how to read the Bible or how to interpret the Bible or how I should be living my life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My, my main grievances with the church, I guess is just, they try too hard to tell you what to do instead of just letting you be a part of what they have. Well, coming from the other side of that, of being someone who's been on a platform, it definitely becomes something like, these are the things that you do and these are the things that you don't do. Instead of going, look, this is what the scripture says. This is kind of my opinion and kind of what commentaries, what other people have said about it. Make your own interpretation about it. Study it. Here's what my general thoughts about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very big flaw that a lot of churches have where it's, this is what you should be doing. This is what you shouldn't be doing instead of, I don't know, letting the Holy Spirit actually do his thing inside of all of us. Right. Um, and I feel like the church really fails at that of going, no, I have all the answers. Come to me instead of this is everything I have. This is everything that I know and giving it to someone else to equip them to do what they're gifted at and what they feel led to do. I feel like that's a huge problem in the church. And we're talking about big church as in like Christianity as a whole rather than our local church on the street. Yeah, the ones on the street or in your your general municipality. Right, your church that you may go to or may not go to may be perfectly fine. I don't know. We're talking about general church um, and from what I've seen in my experiences. So referencing the blog and my point of view dealing with the divorce, and I only was impacted by a little bit, but... When that was all going down in my life, I was going to a really big church here in town, and it happened, and I remember emailing the the youth pastor that I was a part of saying, you know, I have some personal stuff going on, and eventually leaked out what was actually happening with me. No one communicated with me when I left. No one reached out to me. No one said, how you're doing? I had maybe one or two people who knew me really well that were constantly talking to me. Your cousin actually was one of many people, several, maybe a couple of people that was reaching out to me because he, of course, lived here. But a part of that church, no one. Yeah. And then I mentioned that in the blog of when I did ask, hey, what do I do with this? I was kind of very much put on blast. Like, you're thinking about divorce? You're going to hell! Yeah. And it's like, that's not at all what I needed. I needed someone to walk me through my pain and my hurt rather than sticking my nose in it and rubbing it all over my face. Like, it just felt like 
I'm dealing with something that's completely out of my control and I'm asking for help and you're basically pushing me down and saying yeah. you deserve to feel this way. Yeah. Right? And coming out of my divorce and then reintroducing myself to the church, I met someone who invited me to their family and we became close friends because I was like, you know, so hurt by this and they even saw it in me. Um, we became close and fast friends. But even afterwards, it's like going to church hopping a little bit. I see these information cards and why does it really say divorced on there? Yeah. Why do you care? Why does it have to be something that I have to explicitly state my flaws to be a part of this church? Right. And also, like, in my perspective, why do you care if I'm 30 and single? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like, what is what does that matter when it comes to, like, me being a part of your congregation? Like, are you going to judge me any differently? Like, I mean, let's have a conversation and let you figure out who I am and figure out what my needs are. Don't assert what my needs are on me because I'm 30 and single and I need to find a mate. The church is very good about that. Yeah. That's something that I think, in general, I would love to hear a member of, or like a founding member of a church who still works there, explain why that needs to be there. So I'd love to hear that. It's demographics. It's figuring out the need. So the, the good things, and we're talking about the good things, of reasons why a church would do this. And having been on staff, the, this kind of demographics, see where your congregation is growing. Do we have a lot of 18 to 20, 20 and 30-year-olds? Because if we don't, there's something that we need to adjust to bring in that new population, right, that the younger sense. people. Um, another part of it is single. Oh, you're single and in your 30s, we have a group for you. Right. Here's some information about that group for you. You're married and you're young. Here's other young and married people. So there is good reasons why churches do this. But the more I, I've grown up or gotten a different piece of it, it really just seems more like to judge you and to be negative about it. And that's some churches do that. Like the big church I was a part of, if you're baptized as a kid oh and my you God, don't even give me started on that well shit. let's not even get into the <laughs> theological point of that but if you believe in that baptism as a kid this church would say yeah you can't serve here because you're actually weren't baptized yeah why why even gatekeep someone like that i remember trying to apply uh, for a job at that church and they wouldn't let me work there because i couldn't remember when i had been baptized <laughs> so they didn't it wasn't that you were baptized. It, their issue was that you weren't baptized there. No, no. no. The issue was you so didn't make the decision to get baptized on your own. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like that, infant baptism, you're when yeah. you're a baby, you're yeah. baptized. And well, there's some people that actually do believe in that and be like, no, I was baptized as a kid and I've been faithful my entire life. Right. They would say that's invalid. Right. Like they told me, they told me that it didn't matter that I had been baptized. I believe I remember it was like fifth grade or something like that, that I had made the choice at my home church to go get baptized. But they were like, well, you haven't done it recently, like as a, 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 a an adult in your spirituality. So hang on. I'm sorry. I have to get baptized multiple times in my life. Right, I'm pretty right. sure the Holy Spirit comes upon me once. Right. And he doesn't leave. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like deuces. <laughs> this is a waste. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally understand the whole infant baptism thing and not believing that you've, Sure, because how many people, I mean, I'm just going to call it as I see it. That's a predominantly Catholic thing. There it probably is. are some other domination, or denominations. Presbyterian. Well, Presbyterians. Yeah. Which, anyway, that's close uh, to Catholicism. Yeah, anyways. I mean, they're pretty close. But anyway, it's, there are a lot of people who went to Catholic church and then never go back to right? church. Yeah. Like, once they become an adult, 
never even talk about it, they wind up typically hating Christianity in my experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Dealing with my divorce and even being a Christian, I've had just weird experiences with that. Like um, people look at me differently, think about me differently. And being a straight white male, um, they some people even think it's my fault. Yeah, because and then not even knowing the story, like I'm divorced. Well, then it's automatically your fault. The male always does the wrong thing, and yeah. that's kind of like you don't even know me. Like, what what is up with that? Well, people aren't adjusting to the times on that one. Like, for whatever reason, like I'm glad. Let me kind of rephrase this and backpedal a little bit. I think feminism has been a very good thing in recent years. I think there is also an extreme feminism that is very dangerous. But like women having their own identities and like empowering of themselves and they can choose to really uh to leave a relationship they can choose to have careers if they want they can choose whether or not to have kids i support that as long as they choose but in that same instance like it wasn't your fault that she left it was her adult conscious decision that she left and i you know i was here for a little bit of it yeah and there's really nothing you could have done about it yeah and that's a whole different story for a different day yeah but yeah absolutely and having this christian response of i am now tainted or i can't do certain things because i went through this is really like disheartening to me like i don't see jesus doing that to anyone it's literally along the same lines and this is probably an extreme example but think of it as gatekeeping someone who was formerly a sex worker but like forced into it right and saying well you're unclean yeah so you know i don't know if we want you a part of our congregation right it's it's along the same lines you know and it's just it's ridiculous that we're we're taught as christians that like, like we were talking about earlier we're all god's children we should all love each other circumstances literally shouldn't change that ever and why do we need to gatekeep who's a member here of our church or why do we even have to know these details and why does it have to be right away right. you know like why can't we just allow someone to come to our church and be a part of the church and then get to know them and then talk to them about the experiences that they've had well here's a perspective that i kind of have on that and like you guys could both call me out on this for being wrong but if i recall the reason that the churches got tax exemption was because it was supposed to fall on the churches to help people like the widows supposed to help the poor supposed to help like the sex traffickers that wanted to get out of it but in recent years there's not any kind of support like that there's no financial support for widows although again it's not like widows are helpless anymore like they used to be back in biblical times but like take a woman who's a sex worker and who was forced into it and she's trying to find a way out yeah whether that means like she needs to be relocated to another city because there's some dude that is taking advantage of her financially for this purpose right but like the church should be using their funds to help these people actually get on track to have a real life well i think the church in general has taken the help that they want to provide and they have chosen what they want to do so having been on church staff there is an actual thing called the benevolent fund which is exactly for that purpose of someone that's hurting, someone who's homeless, someone who needs the church's help. It's a separate fund away from everything else um, that is with tithes. You can actually directly tithe to it when you mark out your little check and your little form that churches give. You can actually say, I want this to go to the development. Help me say it again. Development? No, not development. Malevolent? No. Benevolent, benevolent, benevolent. Thank fund. you, <laughs> thank you. <Yeah. laughs> uh, there's an actual separate fund for the widows and the people that need it. 
the problem becomes people abuse it. People who aren't actually homeless, people that... This is my shocked face. It looks exactly like my normal face for those listening at home. So (laughs) there is that issue of people, and it's even in... Paul talks about it in one of his letters. He talks about, watch out for these people who will use this fund to abuse. So then you're now leaving it up to a pastor or a team or a committee to say, this is how we're going to properly use the funds. And then it depends on your church size. If you're a church of 100 people, there's not a whole lot you can do because you're just trying to pay your employees and maybe have chairs in your auditorium. God, if anything breaks, you're kind of like, well, uh, but does anyone have chairs at home? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and if you're in a bigger church, that's where the weirdness starts to play in. And it becomes about. It's now on not really a nonprofit. It's a for-profit, and you have like this huge conglomeration organization where it's more of a business that sells merchandise. Like, didn't Jesus come into the temple and destroy that crap? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he got real mad and started flipping over tables and ripping stuff down. So here's a coffee shop in our church that we charge you for the coffee. And we also have a bookstore where you can buy Bibles, but also our pastor's book that he wrote. <laughs> God, I hate that stuff. That drives me crazy. Uh, I wonder who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend group who will listen to this podcast will know exactly who we're talking and about. And you know what? Be pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Please be angry with me. Reference. I want to talk to you about it. Right. So you can understand. Oh. That was really loud in the microphone. I'm sorry about that. It's but fine. also, I have to say, headphone warning. God, I welcome those kinds of conversations. Aren't they the best? I love. Ha- I just love having conversations. Yeah. Like. I sometimes will on Facebook just legitimately go and make people mad just to <laughs> try and make them have a conversation. You with have me. to stir the pot in order for the talk to happen. Yes, absolutely. Because like, otherwise, you're just, it's like flaky. Oh my God, look at this picture of my puppy. And then. But it's a cute Your puppy's puppy. stupid. He is, <laughs> he's really stupid. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm going to list my pet peeve. It's when I'm friends with someone and they have kids, and then their Facebook profile just... Is their kids? Is their kids. And I'm like, I, I'm friends with you. Not your children. Like, I, <laughs> Who are these small people? <laughs> like, I'm not friends with your kids. <laughs> and there is families that I'm... Yes, I am friends with their kids, and their kids are awesome, and I would treat them like my own, but if we haven't talked like in a year and a half, and... And then you say something to me, but it's a picture of your child... It's like, why is a five-year-old commenting (laughs) on my political posts? (laughs) You have no credibility on this matter. (laughs) Wait a minute. I totally get that. Uh, Or joint Facebook account. (laughs) Oh, that's just insecurity in the relationship. (laughs) Uh, There's a guy that I went to high school with. Yeah, right. Which one? There's a guy that I went to high school with, and he and his wife have a joint Facebook account. And I'm always like, man... I don't think you need to do that. <laughs> I have I have one Facebook friend that has a joint Facebook account, but it's also a couple that's in their 80s. Oh, that's that's fair. okay. Yeah, one of them I, probably can't read. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're both very nice people. <laughs> and not saying that they can't read, that they can't see to read. <laughs> right, oh. yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's say they're both very nice people. I've met them both. Well, they're yeah. dumb. Yeah, <laughs> one I mean, I mean, one's illiterate. Sorry. I mean, they're not going to listen to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> they're illiterate. Illiterate? Illiterate. Illiterate. <laughs> well, we're talking about Facebook. Wouldn't that be the E? Uh, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, 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 I don't know. Hey, so, Internet Explorer just said Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who was it? that? This is a really off topic, but 
I think one of the own, uh, an owner of an NFL team recently just told everyone Happy Thanksgiving. Good. <laughs> like after like, the New Year. Legitimately. Legitimately, yeah. It is January fourth for those who are listening less twenty years in the future. <laughs> who was that? <laughs> I hope someone listens to this twenty years. Twenty ago. years from now, and they're like. What is this time frame? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's like The Witcher all over again. Yay! So back to the topic at hand, gatekeeping in the church. What are some other things that you have seen just in general about kind of the flaws of what we've been talking about? I think another thing that the, the church does that really bothers me is, I mean, this goes along the lines with what you were talking about, but they like put conditions on who their congregation should and shouldn't be. And once again, it's just like, why? Where where does Jesus say that? I right. mentioned the story in the blog about the woman in the well. He didn't so much care that she was Samaritan yeah. or that she was with five other people. He was just like, yeah, I know. Come through the well anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we're also talking about the dude who washed G- Judas's feet when he knew he was going to betray him. Right. Like, that is what we should be doing and who we should be. But Christians have forgotten what Christianity is about. Yeah, probably. I mean, ultimately what, you know, our lives are supposed to reflect Jesus is. No one tries to do that anymore. I Actually, that's that's a lie. I don't know anyone. That's a very strong statement. But a lot of people that I know that are Christians, that's not what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, And I don't do that very well either. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sounding like I'm perfect at this. No, I'm a massively flawed person. Yeah, I'm that's... terrible. I'm absolutely the worst person. But Hold I mean, on, take like... off your glasses real quick and say that again. <laughs> Here's the homeless guy. I am the worst person. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, if you want to talk about gatekeeping, I, I can't help but bash on the Catholic Church. And so I'm going to piss off Catholics. But... Um, you really think we're going to have Catholics listening to this? No. They don't also, know sorry for the random noises. I have to keep putting things down, and the microphone stand hates me. Anyway, story. Uh, my stepdad, Don, another stepdad, but mom remarried. Anyway, his, uh, his son uh, was actually shot and killed by the police about 20 years ago. Uh, totally justified. He was trying to hold up a bar and make money, and it just so happened to be a cop bar, which... Whoops. Yeah. Wrong choice. Yeah, wrong choice. He didn't think so well. But anyway, Don was Catholic, and his younger son, Aaron, whenever they were at Anthony's funeral, he wanted Aaron to take the communion because it would you know, be very um, sentimental and very something he would definitely remember about yeah. his brother's funeral. But they wouldn't let him take communion because he was not confirmed Catholic. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I went to a Catholic Baptist wedding. <laughs> Wait. Huh? Yeah. A Baptist- so Catholics that couldn't dance. No, well, kind of. Um, <laughs> so my aunt was Baptist. A lot of my family on that side is Baptist, self-proclaimed Baptist and whatnot. But she married a Catholic person. Um, so we did the different sides of the church thing, you know, one family over there, one family over there. She wasn't allowed on the altar. They chanted whatever they chanted. like the So they did, they did a mass. Basically, they did a Catholic wedding. They did a Catholic okay. wedding, but she wasn't allowed to, like, get on the altar so they like had to stand on the floor so why did she go through with that well she loved the guy okay right um and it was just very weird like what uh, we, we believe in the same jesus right if no? i was if i was the guy i would have told everybody else to screw off so then you get in the family stuff and catholics and there's a whole family he didn't want to risk his inheritance yeah, or yeah. his life probably 
Right. So it's just one of those weird things that the church is very good about, and we are being very general with that word of church. Um, of those those weird inconsistencies of what actual scripture says and what humans have but then put on conditionally. And I can't help to think about the Pharisees and what they did in Jesus's time and how in modern times we're seeing that all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we are seeing now you're placing conditions on who Jesus is and how to be a Christian. We're saying you have to do all of these right things and you have to be this perfect person and you have to be, you know, right winged or conservative. And I think Jesus would go, no, you're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. I really believe that. I'm a massively flawed person. I have, I've hurt people that I have loved and have been like, I'm a freaking idiot. Amen. And does that not, make me... Not to you being an idiot. Like, I was... Amen to, yeah, I'm an idiot too. Uh, but does that make me any less of a Christian? No. 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 It makes me human. You also don't... No one gets to decide your quote-unquote level of Christianity either. Like, there is such a thing. Yeah. Of level. Like... It's like there are I, certain I thought, levels of heaven, though. I thought you were a And I'm Christian. shooting for that gold standard heaven. <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of like the seven levels of hell? No, the seven circles of hell. Sorry, seven circles. Yeah, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, which Dante's is Inferno. Totally not the Bible at all. No, it's not. It, it's yeah. not the Bible. <laughs> oh, it actually has no basis. No, it's all. an interesting story. It is. Well, when people it's reference interesting it, fiction. It is. No, hell is hell. Like you, it's just hell. Yeah. I, I we don't really know it. what hell is. Uh, we know that there's a. We like, know that it is the absence of God. I disagree. I really disagree. That's church tradition talking. Okay. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'll get to that point. But we do know that hell is a lake of fire, that there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, whatever that means. So <laughs> I'm going to flex my theological Bible school knowledge. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. So God is everywhere, right? Who referenced hell the most in the Bible? God. Jesus, Jesus. does. So... Is hell the absence of God? I think not. Because when you because people think that the worst thing you can do is separate yourself from God. I disagree. Because people do that here on earth all the time. Yes. What is hell? So hell was designed for Satan and it's not his domain. That's where God put Satan. So hell, in my opinion, is not the separation of God. It is the eternal damnation and wrath of God. Mm. It I is, like that. Yeah, I like that too. Right? Because if heaven is his ultimate love, his love, and the Bible talks about when we sin, his wrath and his anger, where do you think that's going, man? So it's like getting turned into a pillar of salt every day of your life. Or the whipping and gnashing your teeth. Yeah. Every, the internal wrath of his anger. And you reference Jesus, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? That is his wrath coming upon Jesus. That's not him being separated. That is, I'm your son, and I feel this now. Yeah, That's my opinion. That's my biblical flexing, because God is everywhere. Who talks about hell the most? Jesus. He's got it. It's his, his, his kingdom still just the adverse of heaven. Right. That, to me, is way scarier, way more frightening to just be eternally damned in his wrath. By his wrath, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And I could find biblical basis for that as well because Satan actually 
Where is Satan right now? Experiencing God's wrath in hell? No. Oh, he's among us. Yeah. yeah. He's on earth, buddy. Yeah. He doesn't get put into the lake of fire in hell until revelation happens and tribulation and all that stuff happens. Frightening, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. So, and that's the problem I have with church and Christianity in general is people are so quick to say you're going to hell or for whatever reason like no christianity is not you you can never arrive you're always a work in progress you're always working towards something you will never arrive at perfection you'll never be sinless you'll always be sinful and i think it becomes a heart condition of i'm a flaw hey, i have a heart condition <laughs> you know very legitimate heart condition um a heart condition of Am I trying to be a better person? Am I trying to follow Jesus? Am I trying then rather just saying, no, I I don't want anything to do with this. And I think those are very different things because I can have a bad season in life where people look at me and go, whoa, Tim's in a dark place right now. Right. Does that make me any less of a Christian? No. Or am I just going through a really bad season? Right. And I think the church is so quick to judge people and gatekeep people and, and, and it, destroys my heart to think that people push people away because of that like you're not allowing me to experience jesus because i'm going through some crap right well and that's it's another thing thinking about like why why have we painted this picture that christians are just like these extremely happy people all the time like going to church and singing and having a good time and it's like being a christian and we know this as christians we should know this is horrible (laughs) (laughs) like the persecution first of all we know we're going to be massively persecuted and it's just something like jesus and god try to prepare us for what life as a christian is supposed to be and then we forget what it is and then get upset i don't know it just the perception of Christianity and what we believe it should be is not what God has said this is. For sure. I can get on board with that. Like, we we think that Christianity and even churches around, we live in a pretty decent-sized city that you're wealthy, you're rich, and you have all this money, and you're of a certain political persuasion, and you're probably white. And if you look at the Bible and the Gospel— Every single one of the disciples, aside from John and Judas, Judas killed himself, but John was marooned on an island, all were killed for their faith. In fact, that is kind of the picture of how we as Christians should live, of such a radical way of loving people that people are kind of just get angry at us for it. Yeah. Jesus, I read this dopey little book called uh, Eating Your Way Through the Gospel of Luke. And the whole author's point was Jesus spent so much time with people, eating and drinking with people. That he was called a drunken, drunkard and a glutton. I want people to say that about me. I think that's the truest form of Christianity, of community, of church, is breaking bread with people. I agree. So I sent you guys an article on uh, Reddit. I'm a huge fan of Reddit. It is in the atheism subreddit. Um, this was a headline. Um, so I want to read that headline out. Not everyone at once. Please. I'll say I don't have the full thing. So if you have it, Drew, go for it. Sorry. Okay, I have it. (laughs) American Christians have the right to kill all males who support abortion, same-sex marriage, or communism, so long as they first give such infidels the opportunity to renounce their heresies. 
Washington state lawmaker Matt Shea, who is attempting to establish a, Christ, a Christian state. Yay, America and Christianity. Thoughts? Opinions? Yeah, that's everything that goes against what this country was founded on. And everything against, I don't know, Christianity? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm coming from the direction of like... The more political part? Yeah, the more political part and how this country was founded for religious freedom, which so many people tend to forget. Yes, it was founded by pilgrims who were actually wanting to live out their actual sect of Christianity, but it was very specifically written by the forefathers for religious freedom so that they wouldn't have any religious statutes imposed upon anyone else that didn't want them. For sure. And people also don't know what separation of church and state is. It means that the government can't meddle in church affairs and there can't be a like United States church like there is the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Like the government is supposed to be like not having Christian states. It's actually what our First Amendment uh, Second Amendment? Second Amendment's gun rights. Don't get that confused. Right. <laughs> Some uh, listeners will get mad about that. I don't know my government very well. I was actually really upset with you for saying the Second Amendment was that. <laughs> <laughs> I no, did I, it kind I, of for a bit. I, th- I think it's know. under the umbrella of the First <laughs> Amendment of freedom of speech. Uh, no, there is a separation of church and state. I'm sure that someone's freaking out right now. That these guys, these idiots, can't figure out which one that is. Wait, do we have listeners? No. Okay. Not yet. Me. When I re- <laughs> edit this, and I go, man, we're dumb. <laughs> Bill of Rights. Bill of Ritz. Yeah, it is Amendment 1. Freedom of religion, speech, and the press. Okay. So I'm not all dumb. Remember that, people. Freedom of religion, speech, and the press. Remember that. Right, but when someone's recording you on the street for beating someone up, they're allowed to do that. <laughs> it's a public area. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. And you're also free to believe whatever you want to believe. If you believe in Lord Xenu, whatever. The spaghetti monster, yeah, that's fine. Cthulhu, I'm good yeah. with that. If you're down with like creepypasta stuff, whatever. Whatever, man. Who like, cares? I actually like the creepypasta stuff. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of actually agree. Yeah. Um, so back to this article that American Christians have the right to kill all males who support abortion, same-sex marriage, or communism, so long as they're given the opportunity to renounce their heresies. I don't even know if any of that is biblically correct or theologically correct on the top of my brain. Well, I don't know how it would be biblically correct when in, in terms of communism, because communism wasn't really a thing back in biblical times. Here's something I have to say about all of that. <laughs> Those of you who are, you know, kind of far-right, very conservative people who get frustrated when people on the left try to prevent you from doing something or say that they have control over your stuff, this is doing the exact same thing that you say can't be done to you. Just remember that. Right. Um, that uh, Lots of comments are probably flowing in right now. We just got one. I'm we kidding. just got one. I'm just kidding. It was another email. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> um, one of the top comments on this uh, subreddit with this headline is uh, this person, I won't say their username, but living deep in a red state, I've definitely been verbally bitch slapped for, being a, for not being a Jesus person. That makes me so incredibly angry. Mm-hmm. 
as a, a Bible believing person that someone would even do that. Like, what the f? And I've come across so many people in my lifetime and in my journey of being a part of uh, church staffs and being a part of going to Bible school and all of that jazz. I've have met so many people who have been hurt by Christians and Christianity and churches that they don't want anything to actually look at Jesus. Well, and here's my perspective on it is I feel like a lot of people blur the lines between religion and science. Like science is kind of getting a bad rap nowadays. Like people don't believe the science as it is introduced to people. They don't believe people are even trying to say that they don't believe in peer reviewed articles and peer reviewed studies because they think that they are peers when they are not. This is something I wouldn't even say that's blurring lines between religion and science. I would just say people aren't understanding that science is science. <laughs> and, you know, when something is tested, like a peer review article or something like that, and it's been proven, you know, via, you know, you have your hypothesis, you perform your experiment, and you come out with your result. When people ignore the results because it hurts their feelings, what have we come to? Oh, right. You can't say that this isn't true because it makes me feel bad. Yeah. What? Yeah. That doesn't even compute. Right. Like, it's okay to have an opi- opinion and you may not like it. Doesn't mean it's not a fact. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I, I, and I guess that's why I have a problem with these people that and say I'm an atheist because of what someone else has done to me, but I've never read the Bible. I don't know who this Jesus guy is. It has to be infactual because of what this person said to me. What? Why is word of mouth the like ultimate deciding factor or, you know, what wh- why is it that when one person treats you bad that it's, represents everything else? Right. Why do we have to overgeneralize like that all the time? All the time. Even though we've been doing that this in the whole Oh yeah, episode. I mean I do it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's part of society. Hello, right? Pop. This is kettle. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it I just have a hard time with people who want to completely dismiss the Bible completely and saying it's infactual when I can actually prove on a historical standpoint that no, it actually is factual. Just because it makes you angry or because you don't believe in God or Jesus doesn't mean that what has happened in the Bible is not factual. Like I can tell you and prove and spend 30 seconds Googling that I can show you the ancient Egyptians were terrified of the Israelites because of their powerful God. They didn't want to go around David because he was powerful and they knew their God. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even show Joseph when he was a, a part of Egypt and the slavery with the Hebrews. And you can also prove that like just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean these actual events happen. And there's something crazy that happened in those actual events. How you want to explain those crazy things is kind of the debate, but you can't say it's not factual. Right. Jesus was called a mystic or a sorcerer by other accounts. He was doing something. Whether or not he was the son of God is kind of the debate. And we can have that debate. But if you automatically discredit me because I believe in Jesus and that he actually existed, you're just wrong. Yep. And it's hard to have those conversations. And that's what I think this article points out that's frustrating me because this is on the the atheist subreddit and people are saying this is why i hate christianity this is why i don't believe in this because this idiot politician wants to establish a christian state which is not only what jesus would want not even biblically correct but not even what the government our united states government should be doing right there's nothing right 
or factually correct about what this guy is doing. That's what makes me mad. Like, it's okay to not agree with me. It's okay to disagree with my beliefs. But to say that I'm a moron because this guy is a moron, right. that doesn't compute with me. That doesn't stand with me. I mean, I'm with you, uh, Mike. I've actually talked to you a little bit about this, but like Matt Griffin and I recently got into an argument because I was pointing out how some of his point of views, either he was making a joke and it wasn't a very funny one (laughs) or like if it's actually what he believes, but like I tried to call him out on it and I mean, he started spouting all kinds of things like how I was trying to inhibit his freedom of speech. And I was just like, no, let's talk about this. In no way is that inhibiting your freedom of speech. You saying that I'm inhibiting your freedom of speech is actually inhibiting my freedom of speech. So let's just have a conversation about what's going on here. <laughs> like, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm, like, persecuting you. Yeah, and it doesn't mean I don't still love you. It's just... We disagree. We disagree, and I'm going to debate you on this because it's a public forum. and It's called a conversation. Not necessarily yeah. the complete opposite of I'm taking away your freedom of speech. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that's hilarious about our society today is that people firmly believe that their freedom of speech is being removed now don't get me wrong with cancel culture and the way that some of this stuff is happening by the way i'm canceling the show okay oh shit (laughs) damn it Um, half an episode in (laughs) like you know some stuff is getting canceled it is happening but guess what don't utilize the platforms that are doing that to you find something else make your own platform i did exactly the, I wasn't canceled, but yeah. Right. You know I mean, what I mean. You were essentially canceled. <laughs> How was I canceled? You weren't allowed to speak. <laughs> what? I, I don't understand. Weren't you Weren't you trying to speak in front of a congregation? No. Oh, no? I just kind of was like, I need a break. And then I was like, I should do my own thing for a bit. That's the genesis of the show. Oh, very well. I wasn't canceled. Well, I was more referring back to like you wanting be a bigger part of the church and that's kind of what led you down the rabbit hole to lead us here and it was also a joke (laughs) so let's remember that (laughs) i'm very angry you were canceled i was canceled (laughs) tim you were canceled dang it so now we're here now we're right now we have to petition to get bill burr and dave Chappelle on this show because everyone's trying to cancel them too cool i'm in good i'm in good company I mean, I would love it if we could get Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle on this couch. That'd be fucking rad. You, you want us to do but what I, and go I, where in your basement? What? <laughs> but I also don't think that's actually how petitions work. Mm-mm. No, I'm, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. And No, I just... That's another thing that we can just kind of go on a side tangent about it is like all these petitions that I see, like... When you're angry about something, like, I'm going to write a petition and sign this online and it's going to cancel everything because I hate it. Like, uh, and then the people that actually like have something to do with it, and they're just like, nah, nah. <laughs> like the petition I saw about Game of Thrones season eight, like they should have to redo. I'm so angry. They should redo it all. What? You really have that much time in your hands? You want to know what my opinion about that final season was? The show's <laughs> over. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> it's finally over. We should all stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh. It's okay for the actors to want to move on and do something else. It's okay for the writers of the show to want to do something else. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- ask Robert Downey Jr. There you go. <gasps> Wait, he, he died in Endgame? Wait, oh shit, I just shit, spoiled spoilers. It. You spoilers. should have said spoilers first. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you he- haven't seen Endgame yet, get out from underneath the rock that you live under. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting for it to come to Disney Plus. You've seen it. I know. It's on Amazon. I have it on the Amazon. On I'm not the, speaking on 100% for myself. I'm speaking satirically for our listeners. Our one person. Our, our one person that only has Disney Plus. And that's the only <laughs> streaming <laughs> service <laughs> they've service ever they had. <laughs> Why isn't this on Disney Plus yet? This is made by Disney. Marvel I'm writing a Disney. letter. <laughs> I'm yeah, signing a petition. Sign your online petition there, Karen. I hope I sounded like Nixon there. I felt you like did. I you did. did. That was very bit, Nixon. Yeah. Cool, cool. Good company. What? <laughs> Who? You mean bad company. Yes. Well, huh? you heard me. He okay. was impeached, but he decided to resign. Unlike another president. I don't even want to get into that I shit. I don't either. I don't say, do we want to get that political? <sighs> no. Nope. No. Podcast one. <laughs> podcast one. <laughs> Welcome to podcast one at podcast one. Nope. Dot one. <laughs> Dot one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, this article really makes me mad because it's all wrong. 100%. Here's something I have to say about the article, too. It's like almost borderline Nazism. Yeah. To be completely honest. And I use that term lightly because of current societal norms and that word being thrown around too much. Yeah, everything's Nazism. Yeah. Uh, but, like, legitimately, I mean... Yeah, let's take rights, away the rights of our citizens and believe in this other thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's quite literally, that guy is trying to strip our First Amendment rights. The number one rights. The one thing that the forefathers were like, this is the first thing we need to address yeah. in society. Right. Well, and also, how well has it worked out for Christianity to force people to believe in Christianity? Yeah, not. Nope. Mm, no. That doesn't, no. doesn't work at all. I mean, the Crusades weren't royal bust? They worked well, I think. Yeah, by destroying Christianity, yeah, yeah, they, sure. they worked well by murdering, murdering countless numbers of people and making everyone hate Christianity even more. Yeah, more Christians were dumb. When you equate Christianity with then killing people and murdering people, I think there's some kind of wrongness there. Yeah, when has murdering in the name of Christianity been an okay thing to do? And someone would reference the Old Testament, right? Is that you? <laughs> well. I mean, it's a legitimate argument, I yeah, think. Except for the Old Testament wasn't technically Christianity, technically Christianity yet. No, it was Judaism, which is a part of the history of Christianity, and we're talking about the same God who did command these troops to then kill people. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can talk about that. Um, that may be a different show, but my opinion about it is we're talking about all ancient civilization at this point in time who are all doing that and all killing people. But then you're talking about a God who is saying these people have completely rejected me. So I'm going to not necessarily say these people need to die, but I'm going to have my followers. I'm going to protect them. And the repercussions of that is people are going to die. So you can get into that a little bit. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in the Old Testament that is kind of hard to fumble your way through that a lot of Christians don't like to talk about. I mean, I'm not saying that the Old Testament isn't valid. I love the Old Testament. It's, in my opinion, the better half of the Bible. But, again, Christianity doesn't start until Christ actually died on the cross for giving us our sins and essentially rendering all of that, all of the judgments that were made. Um, it flipped everything on its head. Well, it, he didn't come to destroy the law in the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. He said, this is no longer do you need to sacrifice and to be this way because it all comes through me now. I now say that you are right with my father instead of you trying to work yourself into that. So there is that element of the Old Testament. 
And then you get all the crazy prophets and what they were doing and basically saying, look, if, if we can't keep doing this as a society of being completely ridiculous. Not eating shrimp. Right? Um, stoning people just because, like, there's a lot of abuses even in the Old Testament, I think, of what God was intending to do because we're humans. And we see that in modern Christianity today. So, you know... I don't, I don't know. I'd have to really meditate on my Old Testament stuff before I really comment about when God tells people to kill people <laughs> in the Old Testament. Because uh, I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, it's been a while since I've dived into that argument. And you're the credible one here. I can say what I want because I'm not credible. <laughs> right. I actually, yep. People actually <laughs> will be like, don't you have a Bible degree? <sighs> I don't know everything, guys. I, he, Tim apologizes formally for not utilizing his degree always. <laughs> That's true. I am actively not apologizing for taking <laughs> what I learned in the first 17 years of my life and recalling it as I choose to. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, uh, that may be a whole other show where Tim explains the Old Testament. I may do that on my own and talk about my opinions and my beliefs about that. That literally sounds like a children's show right now. Yeah. yeah. Tim explains the Old Testament. <laughs> as, long as, I, as long as I can get a little jingle, like a Teletubbies jingle. I don't, I, I, we don't, can probably don't go something. that far. <laughs> don't go to the Teletubbies. <laughs> Well, I do. I, I should have explained this in episode zero, but I do want to do my own show where it's me and maybe one other called Tim Talks because I love puns. And I want to totally take Ted away and be me because I'm that selfish and arrogant. Yeah, screw Ted and his dumbass talks. And it's Tim. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> um, any other comments about this uh, article? You know, I read through it. Well, I started reading through it, and then I just couldn't finish it. Because it's ridiculous. Because it's so insane. Because it just hurts you on the inside to yeah. see that people still believe this. Uh, there's something in our society that says, this is Christianity. This is what Christianity is about. And I just... Uh, like getting on uh, the atheist subreddit here, some of the topics. Prominent Christian activist says that the Nazi party was started in a gay bar. That's a good one. Because, you know, gay people are Nazis now? What? That makes a lot of sense, actually. Does it? No. Yeah. I'm going to say, was that your sarcastic face <laughs> that, that was, the people on the audio medium couldn't that hear? That was ultimate sarcasm. And if you couldn't hear that, open your ears. <laughs> All right? This is why I love you, Drew. <laughs> I just, I know that these people are just meeting us. Yes. I knew that was sarcasm. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that they knew that was sarcasm. <laughs> I can't wait to see how many people are just so angry about this. Oh, it's, yeah. It's brewing. Yeah. Why is it acceptable for the church in this day and age to be one of the most biggest bigoted organizations in the world? Why are they not on a list of hate organizations? This is a top post in our atheism. And I have to sit back and go, there's a lot of that I agree with. Yeah. Mm. I agree with that, too, actually. There's a lot of quote-unquote quote unquote, proclaimed Christian organizations that I don't feel like they're actually preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. They're preaching their own wealth. Joel Osteen. <laughs> oh, you said it, Tim. He's going to sue the shit out of us. <laughs> Well, guys, Sue our, us. our next episode will be in prison. Hey, but also you have to remember uh, Amendment 1, Curtis. It's true. Mm. Well, there is that whole deflammatory thing that we could get into. You mean defamation? Yes. I'm not... It, there's too many people saying that kind of shit about him. He's not... No. That whole organization in the Word of Faith movement is 
really awful and not biblical, and I'm going to stand on that hill and say you're wrong. And I'll also say I know a lot of lawyers that like will back <laughs> us up if we need it. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> the show has now been lawyered up, and <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny even getting into that subject too. Like that, you could legitimately sue somebody for them talking bad about you. Yeah. Like, think about how ridiculous that is. Well, it goes back to my feelings hurt, so you're wrong. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but... I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how those court cases typically go. I don't know either. I don't know either. Uh, I don't have my lawyer degree. I am a lawyer, but I just choose not to be. I don't identify myself as a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm educated as one, but I don't identify as a lawyer. What? I think that just means you're not licensed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a very real thing. Yeah, I'm not licensed. Also, I'm not educated in that. So um, if you didn't catch the sarcasm, remember, (laughs) open your ears. (laughs) Our audience, if there is one, is going to hate us. Start listening with your eyes. They can't see us. That's why I told him to listen. For those to that eyes. can't see us, I'm six foot four, devilishly handsome. <laughs> for those, for those that also still don't understand sarcasm, <laughs> <laughs> open your ears. This is going to be the reoccurring theme here. That we're all mutated <clears throat> and mutants. No, that no one understands sarcasm. That's true. Well, sarcasm can be very toxic and very bad. And there's people that suggest that. Uh, when sarcasm can actually be kind of evil in a lot of ways I can see that like you're actively saying something to hurt someone and you're being kind of a jerk about it but well that's kind of how I was trying to address it here like obviously if if we get listeners they're not going to actually know us and know our sense of humor our goal is for them to get to know us to understand our sense of humor that so most of everything we say is a joke unless we're actually talking deep about a subject yeah if we're talking deep about a subject and but like if it's questionable, I will definitely do my part to try and be like, I was being sarcastic. That was a joke. I'm not great at explaining that I'm joking. <laughs> I haven't noticed. <laughs> Drew, I got your back. Yeah. Curtis is here for the interpretation <laughs> section. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I just think that there's a lot in the church that is going really badly. I can't can not agree more. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about it. Is it your responsibility to do something about it? I think it's if you are a Bible-believing Christian, it is. Okay. So what about this? Instead of trying to solve the problems that are currently within the churches that we don't like, you just start your own that you believe in. Funny you should say that. (laughs) I can't tell you family members, people that I've known for a while, like, why don't you start your own church? Yeah, for real. Uh, to me, and I'm like, I, that's a lot of work. <laughs> um, I don't, Not to sound lazy. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Continue. Um, and I don't know if I have that much credibility or weight behind me. Um, I know that I've had like a bunch of people reading my blog and who are encouraging me from all walks of life. but And I don't even know. Think about this for a second, though, to cut you off for a minute. How credible are, is anyone that starts a church? Uh, no, that's true. Unless you've already started a church. Unless you already have. Well, as an authority here, I was, can... Wait, <laughs> no. was, was, was John credible? John. Didn't he start the church after Jesus died? That was Peter. Damn it. 
Like I said, let's talk quietly. <laughs> I just wanted to get my point across quietly. <laughs> Your wrong point. <laughs> also, yes. Peter. 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 Peter, who also betrayed Jesus three times, and Jesus called that out of him when he started the church. So there's that. Yeah. Um, mm. Maybe those things go ahead. <laughs> so I have to betray someone three times before well, I... Let's not go that far. Okay. All right, Tim, real quick. Go hit my car. <laughs> um, Please don't hit my car. Whoops. You can hit mine. <laughs> I'll just put the Vic in reverse and bounce yeah. off. It's fine. No, but I, I've had had these conversations with people. Um, it is something that I've thought about, but the way that I would organize it and do it would be different. It would be more of... Hey, let's come to the house and break bread and have a community that way. And I guess because I have a Bible degree that makes me some kind of an authority about this, and it is a passion of mine. But that's how I would start it. But when I think about churches and I think about these huge organizations that have, you know, 15 to 20,000 people, that's something that I don't desire to have because I think that's the wrong model for the church. I think the church should be more invested in homes and developing leaders and disciples to go into their own homes and having their own groups and starting it that way. And of course, you're going to have organization, maybe even a building where you have like leadership that is kind of a big celebration with people and worship instead of just a pastor talking for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's how the church should be. I don't know. I mean, take it back to how Jesus was with his disciples. They ate and they drank together. They were married. They broke bread, right? Mm -hmm. And what you're proposing is that those disciples go and start it in their church. And then you then find more disciples. They find their own disciples. And then occasionally you come together. You come and all celebrate together. You break bread together. If it gets big enough to a point where you could actually justify having a building and there's tithing, then... The speaker every week gets rotated out, so it's not just one person being the sole focus of the church. It's not just one pastor, and it's not even just a panel. It's the entire group coming together and supporting each other and loving each other. Right, and I think there's a lot of validity in that, because if you are actively making disciples, there's going to be other teachers in your congregation. There's going to be other people that can speak and I can't even speak well. I have an incredible lisp that is amazing. And yet God is giving me this gift of talking and having this authority. So developing other people that have this same gift as me and then giving them the platform and rotating in and out instead of being this ultimate authority, I think is more of what Jesus had in mind. And I could be completely wrong on that. I just think that this church model that we have now where the guy usually is a white man and we can talk about women in ministry and how I believe that should be a thing. Um, because we believe in equal rights here. No, just even biblically speaking, like you can't say that only men are gifted with the Holy Spirit. That is ignorant and stupid and unbiblical. Everyone is. Right. So a woman can just say as much as a man can. And I will fight people on that one. Let me yeah. reiterate. It's because we believe in equal rights here. <laughs> right. That's the long and short of what Tim's saying. Yes, because... Uh, just because I'm a man doesn't give me any more authority over the Bible than a woman does. Having a speaker talk for then 45 to now an hour, I was in a church service where the dude spoke for a hundred for 120 minutes. He had like six points. I don't remember any of them. I was going to say I would have fallen asleep. But I remember a TED talk that I listened to about 
nine months ago, that was 12 minutes long, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the way that church is done, <clears throat> the medium isn't there anymore. People would sit down and listen to this podcast for an hour and a half, but you go to a church service and because it's a panel of people talking, not just one person talking for one, and we're joking, we're having fun, we're going on wild tangents. Instead of you giving me point five, that I'm even questioning whether it's theologically correct. Because I'm so like distracted by what point three was and I missed <laughs> that point. Right. I think another thing about what you're saying here is that a lot of the time pastors or leaders within the church that are speaking to their congregation, they're not preaching the Bible. They literally, they tell you what the verse is that they're talking about or something about the scripture, and then they just go off on wild nonsense and tell stupid stories about their lives that's not actually relevant to the scripture that they should be diving into. I mean, it's definitely a format yeah. that... Every pastor that I've ever sat in on is using essentially the same format. And it's it's like, okay, talk about talk about the gospel here. Let's dive deep into this. Make this like this needs to be a study of the Bible, not you telling me what you think it might mean. Um, and I get the the purpose of the latter, you know, like explaining how you interpret it as the leader of this congregation. But at the same time, you still need to be actually preaching the gospel. For sure. I've always tried to... I, I Usually when I speak, I have a lot of scripture that I'm just reading. Yeah. And please, I get stuff wrong all the time. I don't do this all the time. But in general, I try to make my speaking more scripture heavy. If I do use a story, it is in place of a parable. Um, so I will read the parable, and then say, this is a story that is directly related into that parable and where I see it in my own life. Right. But there is something that's happening within these big mega churches that is more formulaic. Like, there's actual formulas of how to write a message. You know, personal story, topic, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, I don't think it's any good. <laughs> that's your opinion, bro. I know. Um... There's some people that do it well, and there's some people that do it great. I just, I don't know. I, I personally also don't think there's any wrong way of teaching Scripture. Um, there is a wrong way to teach Scripture. Yeah. There's not a wrong way to teach Scripture. There's a very distinct difference there. Like, if you're just straight up saying, like, Jesus um, uh, uh, was, you know, not the Son of God, you're wrong. But I don't think that when you speak, you have to have a formula, that you have to have a distinct way of how you present the gospel. Like, I shouldn't sound like Andy Stanley or Louis Giglio or Beth Moore. I should be unique in myself. Right, I agree with that. I'm wired differently. Uh, God has made me who I am, so therefore that sh it should be my voice coming out. Yeah. Not a formula, not a system, not a whatever, I could take some of these elements and use them for my own because it fits in who God has made me. I think <clears throat> what it boils down to for me is that a lot of the time within church, uh, the, the teachers are lacking the scriptures, and uh, that drives me nuts. Yeah. For someone who hasn't gone to church in how many years, Curtis? What's up? How many years has it been since you've been in the church? Uh, I mean, I go to church with my mom when she really wants me to. <laughs> like, does that count? Yeah, sure. Uh... Well, then I'd probably want a year and a half ago. Okay. But like, seriously, like me actually going actively caring and listening to church. I think the last time I went to church regularly was when you were teaching in St. Charles. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. That was 2009-ish. Yeah. And haven't really been back ever since. 
Why is that? I never really found like a group where I fit in. But I also, like I said, I kind of got into the whole Rumspringer thing where I was told for so many years, like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And then I found a group of friends that they were, we were 17. We were drinking beer, smoking pot, and just hanging out, like being cool, no drama, not telling each other how to live their lives. You know, if you... If someone came to someone else or like brought someone up, we're like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like, we would obviously be around supporting them, but that's kind of how I have been fed ever since then. Is I use my circle of friends. Like, if I need help with something, I go to the people that I find closest to me and I say, man, I'm really messing up here. Like, what's your take on it? And I've had my friends come to me and say, like, here's an issue that I'm having. And he's like, I don't know what to do about it. And I've been able to say, here's your perspective. Here's how I'm seeing your perspective. And here's what's actually going on. And you're not taking this perspective into account. So try doing this. Keeping it very vague, I actually have a very specific situation in mind that I don't want to speak about in this medium. But I actually wound up helping the guy. He came to me a week later and he was like, dude, you were dead on with all of that. And thank you for pointing out my blind spot on where I was coming from in that situation. And you have been one of the most helpful people in my life. And that's how I've continued to formulate without going to the church. Yeah, I get that. You've already, instead of having a church community, you just built your own. Yeah. Essentially. And um, it's comprised of people of all different walks, of all different political affiliations, of all different opinions on drug use, alcohol use, abuse. You mean what the church is supposed to be like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you basically described what church should be like but it's not. And uh, one of the worst things that you can do as a Christian, and I'm speaking to my Christian followers here and people that have known me for a long time, the worst thing that you could ever do when someone comes to you with a problem or a hurt or saying uh, something's going wrong in my life is to quote them scripture. I, I believe that is the worst thing you can do. Because it's so hard to apply to yourself, honestly. Like, for me coming from personal experience, like, there was a time where I was reading the Bible and trying to apply it, and I was like... How can I apply something that happened 2,000 plus years ago to what's going on in the modern day? They didn't have all this ridiculous technology. Sure, there were a lot of strong opinions back then, but it wasn't spreading like wildfire like it is now. That's why you pay me to interpret that stuff for you. I don't pay you. Actually, I do pay you, but that's... <laughs> no, but that is the kind of the job of the pastor and the shepherd is to be like, okay, we have this. How do you interpret it? Mm-hmm. You're trained and whatnot, but I think what I... Going back to what I just said, of the, I think the worst thing you can do as a Christian is quote scripture, because that means you're not actually listening to the person. Yep, you are now trying to prove your agenda. You're trying to prove a point instead of just shutting up, letting the person express themselves, and then talking to them about that, comforting them, and then maybe bring up scripture. Like, hey, I think maybe this applies to what you're going through. We'll read it. Instead of quoting it to them. Yeah. Read yeah, give them the like the verses and then let them read it and see how it applies to them, for sure. Uh, people and I'm gonna pat myself on the back for here in a second. As people said I was a pretty good pastor because and all I did was shut up and let people talk. People just want to be heard. Especially hurt people. They just want to be heard. And just praying over them. And I had people come up to me all the time about that. Just listening. And it's so bizarre that I'm put in a position of going, if you just shut up and listen, there's so much work that could be done there. And I think, and you guys can talk to me about that because I've been a leader to you guys before. Have I been okay about that? 
Have there been points where I've been a complete idiot? I mean... No, Tim, I can recall a specific instance that was within the past year or so where you and I sat on your back porch and I just let out everything that was going on in my life and how pissed off I was. And you were just like, dude, I get it. And I walked away from that conversation feeling so much better about what was going on in my life because someone listened to me, someone who was an outside opinion, someone who wasn't going to pander to me, but was actually going to give me some critical outside advice on what I was dealing with. Yay, I did something right. <laughs> well, it's not to lift myself up, but and I hate to even use myself as an example, but I think that's what you should do. You're never going to build a congregation. You're never going to build people up unless you just listen to them. Mm-hmm. Which is funny that we're on a podcast and you're listening to us, but you know. Hey, they can join in on the forums. I would. <laughs> they can. They can contact us. And I would also, if you're up to it, I have the technology to put you on the show. hey you could be in Bermuda and we can have you on the show. But also, if you're local... You could come Show to my up. house. You can sit on the couch with us. You can sit on the couch with us, drink a beer, and... Have some food. We'll probably feed you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a whole bunch of people that we want to get on here. Uh, for sure. Our other roommate. I'd love to get, bring him on at some point. It's probably going to be a one-on-one, but I'd love to have him on a panel, because he probably has amazing views that I want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Your whiff uh, hopefully becomes a regular on the show, Drew. Mm-hmm. I know you have, Curtis, you have a bunch of friends that you would love to bring on the show. Yeah, you are all wild different perspectives <laughs> from each other. That... <laughs> we'll probably get in the fist fight and it'll be awesome. Drew, do you have any final thoughts? I do have final thoughts, but they might be like super mean, but. Hey, man. <laughs> we're unfiltered. Here we're, we go. We're unfiltered and they will hate you, not I'm a, me. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Christians, we suck. <laughs> all right. Figure it out. Be more like Jesus. Figure it out. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> is that okay? That really got me. That really... Good. I mean, that is the whole sanctification process. Big church word of meaning, hey, you don't have it all together. This is a progression of getting closer to God. Kind of how like we were talking earlier, you know, you were saying as a 30-some-year-old, you still don't have your shit together. That's true. Christianity's been around for a long time. It certainly it doesn't have its shit together. It's shit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christi- so. Christianity lives in its parents' basement. Yeah. <laughs> God's up there screaming at him to figure it out. And he has been for a long, Go long time. Go get a job. I mean, like, that's my favorite metaphor I've ever heard. <laughs> like, you just came up with that, like, off the tip of your fingers. And perfect. Like, Damn it, that's so good. <laughs> Christianity lives in his parents' basement? Yeah. 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 Oh, there's so much to say about that. Yeah. Also. Can that be our motto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm putting it on the website. Yeah. Uh, hit us up, or hit us, hit me up in the comments section. Let's go. All right. I don't know if there is a comment section. Can't, this is a podcast. Figure it out. It's, I mean, we can. They can hit you up on the website. The website. But there we you don't, go. We don't have a comment section for the podcast. Use the contact form. That's what I meant to say. Which goes to my email. Hit me up via I Tim. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bold move, and you're probably regretting it. Yeah, and my social media is up on there too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I should change that too. Oh, yeah. well. Hey, here's the deal. It's fine. <laughs> why do people? Why are so many people cussing me out? <laughs> it's mostly my fault. I guarantee you that. 
Uh, that's why I want your lift here. I'm, I'm, awesome. not, I'm not exactly PC. No. I tried to keep myself very toned down this episode, but... Yeah. Hey. I don't do that. Yeah, I know. That's why I wanted you on here. <laughs> and it's weird for me because I'm like the authority figure here, and I have the, the credibility, again, air quotes, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Curtis, any final thoughts? I just want gay couples to be able to protect their pot plants with their guns <laughs> that they bought legally <laughs> from outside intruders. Also, stop killing pit bulls, all right? Yeah, stop killing pit bulls and Rottweilers. I had a Rottweiler. That was the most sweetest, best dog I've ever had. You think they're vicious? Actually go play with a Chihuahua. Oh, they will bite you. Spawns of Satan. Yeah. Rottweilers, cuddly. St. Bernard's, cuddly. Small dog owners, come at me, bro. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> we don't offend just one person. We offend we, them we, all. <laughs> we reach to offend everybody. <laughs> oh, there's going to be some person that I have been in contact with that is going to be like, Tim, what are you doing? Wait, See, wait because of the big dog comment or the small dog everything. comment? Everything. That's okay. the beauty of this. <laughs> yeah. Is that... Oh, I'm finally allowed to be myself without... I don't know, an agenda forced upon me. And I'm not saying that the church that I left or any of the churches that I've been affiliated with did that to me. But I'm allowed to be my jokey kind of weird self the way I'm wired more. Unapologetically. Unapologetically and still saying like... I mean, in my 30-year-old single life, the girls that I've remained friends with, first of all, that took a lot of work. After like, relationships? Yeah, after relationships, like maintaining friendships afterwards. Took a lot of work, but... In the end, the one thing that they all compliment me about, which may be a backhanded compliment, but they're like, you're unapologetically you. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. More of, I can see why I left you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I left some of them. Mm. I have one in particular. Just one. Really, Just one. <laughs> I have one in particular that we are actually closer than the rest. I left her. Mm. Whoever that is, hit us up in the contact <laughs> <form>. <laughs> Oh gosh! Clearly, I'm just I'm I'm trying to find my lines for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Your one liner, yeah. What people know Wait, you for? Can we have two emails on the website where like all the hate mail needs to go to Drew because it's <laughs> yeah. probably for him. <laughs> if you hate us, go to this form. You know what's funny? You say you want Schaefer on here, right? Yeah. But she's just gonna be so embarrassed the really? whole time Good. because of me. <laughs> I think that's more of ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Like I was telling you about my Olive Garden situation last night. You should have seen the look on her face. Yeah, that shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame look. No one knows the story. No one needs to know that story, but that's yeah. all right. I, I feel dumber for having listened to that yeah. story. <laughs> um, we are 12-year-old boys here. <sighs> Seriously. I've been thinking a lot about legacy I guess this is going to be like a really long tangent that I go on. Are these your final thoughts, Tim? Ish. Okay. Uh, my mid-final thoughts. I was going to ask you what your final thoughts were, but you already went into it. Well, now we're going to make it a point to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> How when you're transitioning, you're supposed to talk about that transition. That's like a thing you do in podcasts. Tim, yeah. what are your final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I love you both. Everyone, we will get better at this whole format thing. 
No, we won't. And Man. that's kind of the beauty of the show. No, no, no. Through trials and tribulations, we'll get better at this. This is our first episode, and we're kind of experimenting. I'm experimenting with all of this and trying to find my voice and kind of the things that I've gone through and kind of my thoughts on church and Christianity, and I'll be writing about different things. And it's kind of just more of a, an experience for me. I'm going to say that differently every time I say it. Yeah, well, that's part of your charm. Yes. Um, and yet people put me on stage and have me speak for them. (laughs) 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 Um, They kind of find my voice again and kind of find out, uh, what am I doing essentially and my background and everything. And uh, like I was mentioning before, I've been thinking about my legacy and I know that's kind of weird to think about my legacy and I'm 34 years old because I'm still 34 years old, but I feel like I'm a thousand and because it's not the years, it's the mileage I put on myself. When you've been in ministry for, you know, a decade plus, and I'm not talking about just simply volunteering and passing out programs, I've done a lot. And I don't mean to sound arrogant or to sound like I pat myself on the back, but I've done many, many things for the church and Christianity and being an active volunteer and being on paid staff and being a staff volunteer staff member and all this stuff. And I've been thinking about my legacy of what kind of an impact I've actually made in people's lives. And thinking back to Jesus and breaking bread bread, bread with people. And thinking about all these people that I've interacted with from the first church I was at. And seeing now all of those people are become adults. And their 20s, late 20s and 30s. Because I was only 19, 16 to 19 years old. And so a lot of them are now my peers and going... So many of those people have walked away from Christianity. Why? Is it something that I've done? Because I now have to assess myself. Is it the way I am? Is it the way I taught? Is it who I am that people just walk away from Christianity? Is it because I left? Is it because of my divorce? Is it because of what? What is it that has caused so many of my friends and my peers to completely walk away from church and Christianity? And I've really taken time when I took a break in the summer to analyze this and think about it. And part of that was I was completely upside down and broken because of a big tragic thing that happened in my life. And I'll get to that later. It was a house fire that really messed me up. And I've been thinking a lot about what all this means to me and thinking about all these people that I've interacted with that no longer go to church. Why is that? Why? And even on my Twitter I was interacting with a former student that was in the next church I went to that says uh, that said something along the lines, I believed in God for 22 years and how big of an idiot I am was for that. And just thinking about what is causing this. Why are so many people that have been former students of mine or peers of mine have completely turned away from their faith? Why? And there is some guilt there of going, I should have been better at breaking bread with people. I should have been a better person in that regard of listening and being there for people. But ministry is so chaotic and so crazy that you get so busy. I remember when I was a pastor and looking at a calendar and going, I have one night where I'm not at church and I can actually hang out with my wife. One night. Yeah. Because it's so just packed and filled. And it becomes a snowball. And then you realize that I I feel like since I've left and taken a break, and this isn't slamming the church that I just left, 
I feel like I've done more ministry now than I had been in a long time. That's not a slam. That's just, I feel like I've transitioned into more of, I don't know if I want to be a part of a church anymore. It hasn't worked in my life. It, it really hasn't. And if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'm just going to go crazy. Right. I agree. Um, and that's not to say that I won't go back to that church. I love those people. I want to serve those people. I just don't know if it's going to be full time. I don't know if it's going to be all the time. I would love to. And the person that runs that group would probably love to hear me talk about this at length in front of their congregation because it is a problem in our churches. So I've been really thinking about that um, and trying to be a better steward of what God has given me and the gifts that he's given me. And that's why I started this whole thing, this website and this blog and this podcast, because I know we've been speaking for almost two hours, about an hour 44 and people will listen to this and they'll laugh and they'll be angry and whatever because I want them to come to the table and talk. I want to have those interactions with all walks of life. I want to have conversation. You don't agree with me. Great. Why? Let's talk about it. You want to sit here and cuss me out? Great. Let's talk about it. You want to sit here and say, you're wrong. You're an idiot. You're theologically wrong. Great. Let's talk about it. And why? I'm not going to get offended because I'm more interested about the conversations. I'm more interested about if I'm so wrong, where's the right? Does that make sense? Mm. And, And that's sort of the genesis of this podcast, the genesis of this show the genesis of this website of of having real conversations and discovering what is going wrong and how can we do something to make that right. So yeah, those are the gist of my final thoughts. Um, Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Applause. Up on an applause break. No, don't stop it, you jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Snaps. Snaps all around. <laughs> and so uh, some housekeeping things. We will record every first and third Saturdays of every month or Sunday. So that means the podcast will come out every second and fourth week, hopefully on that Monday, depending on how much editing I have to do. So look forward to that. Subscribe. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on Google Play. Hopefully, if everything works out right, those pod- that podcast will be up there. I'll actual- also have a link on the website that has RSS code that you can just play it there, hopefully. The website will be changing. It'll be growing. This is an experiment. This is just to see how things go. So if you're angry and you're bitter and you don't have any clue where I'm going. Come at me, bro. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> I don't have a clue where I'm going either. So come <laughs> along for the ride and let's see what happens. So instead of come at me, bro, it's come with me, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't You don't understand this either? Me too, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is a growing process, and we are going to get better. The sound will hopefully get better. I think we have a pretty good sound system here, but mm-hmm. do you want to give me a million dollars? I'm sure we could build a studio. Yeah, we could <laughs> put in some sound blockers here. We could probably build a wall around the furnace so we could keep the furnace on while we record. Yeah, so it's not like three degrees in my house in the winter. <laughs> um, so that's the show, and I hope that you give it a chance. I hope you didn't turn it off in the last 10 minutes, but if you did, you're not listening to this anyway. Maybe just skip to the end. Great. Or maybe you turned it off after 10 minutes. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're no longer here. Um, know that I love you. Know that I hope that you have conversations with me. 
hit me up on social media hit me up on the website if you want to say literally whatever you want to say visit the website there's a contact form there go to it say whatever you want i'll read it on the show i won't care um well i will care but i won't care saying what you have to say and so have a good week have a good month have a good evening good night love you bye happy 2020 happy 2020